difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a boat cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. Yeah. You can stay over there. And we're back once again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And well, join me here. We got Koskakashova. She's uh, well, she's back once again. We we go from the squared circle to the octagon. We go from uh, Michelle Rare to this man who'll be fighting Jai Herbert at UFC Fight Night Costa versus Vittori. And well, he has his back against the wall. That's how he likes it. So he can come out swinging. I give you once again, uh, all the way from Pittsburgh, PA. I give you Death Star himself. I give you Kama Worthy. A comma. So you, it's Jai Herbert. Uh, how big is this fight for you? And how big is it that, you know, you're, your back might be against the wall in this fight? Um, uh, I mean, I don't really think about it overly do that. You put, you put too much into fights. It's just another fight to me. It's another opportunity for me to go out there and show what I can do. So, like, you know, me and my coaches were like, don't think about it, even though even though you kind of think about it, but you don't. Like it's like it's not a guarantee either way. You know what I mean? So I've seen the UFC keep people with five losses in a row. I've seen the UFC cut people with four wins in a row. So you never know what to think about it. I just take the fight as it comes. So let's that start is interesting. With- I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so I mean, like knowing, so with knowing that, how do you prepare knowing that that could be a possibility, no matter whether you win or lose? That's that's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks. We have a really iffy job, <laughs> people, and then the fans will go on there and they'll shit talk to them like, dude, it's how I take care of my family, you know, and like you can get cut. I mean, we all know people getting cut off of wins and stuff, and or like maybe two losses or one loss, you get cut. Like it, it all depends on what the UFC likes you or. Or where where you fit in where you fit into the conversation that they're having and what they're doing and stuff, you know what I mean? So, so it's like you've been voted off the island. Yeah, exactly. It, it's not necessarily <laughs> like a like. I mean, I know multiple guys that are still with the UFC. Like people, like, how are they still with the UFC? They lose, they lose, they lose, and then I know guys that like win fights. You know, and maybe not that exciting and stuff. And they the UFC is a it's a business, so it's all about business. But lucky for me, my fights are always fun. So I'm in the business of entertaining people. How tough so how is do you, the, I'll go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, both fights now, it's been the first round. And usually you, anybody who knows, like, who competes, it takes a while for you to get, you know, warmed up. You're, you're trying to get, you know, moving. Because you're, you're still basically just having either fight jitters or you're, 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 you know, you're still trying to, you know, go from zero to 60 how much do you look at those like first three minutes like oh crap this is the most dangerous time because and we've seen world champions we've seen you know legends we've seen even George St Pierre guys like that they can get clipped in the first round of that's it there's it's not like football where oh yeah we're down fourteen nothing twenty one nothing don't worry we got three quarters left it's like no that first you know two three minutes it's danger zone you get caught and all of a sudden you're in deep trouble there buddy yeah I mean like that's just that's just the fight game. You know, I mean, I've, I've, I've knocked people out in 13 seconds before. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, we know what we're getting into. It's, it's just, it sucks. I mean, like, I mean, it's a coin toss, really, like fights. You got to, so it's just all about going in there. Like, nothing is the way you think it is. It's always something different. 
Like that's just for fighting throws at you. So, I mean, like I said, you can't really overthink it. You know what I mean? So I just go in here and just try to let things play out. Try to hopefully like prepare myself for situations I'll be in and just go from there. I bring that up because and I know me, me and Costco saw your last fight and, you know, but knockout is sort of you're in that weird area where you were landing some leg kicks, you're backing them up, you know, and then all of a sudden you get, it's like that no man's land area, you're right in the middle of the pocket where you're, you're too far in, but you're not too far out. And he just, he just catches you right in the button. And yeah. So I mean, like, where I, he's like, crap. I was undecided on whether I wanted to hit the counter jab or I wanted to step back the southpaw and go across. And I got stuck midway through and he just like, it, he just thread the needle perfectly. I mean, that's fighting though. I mean, like my first fight in the UFC, like that's, that's how it is. Like, you're like, oh, how the hell did I even hurt? I mean, like that's, fighting's all about things happening, just things lining up perfectly. Like, like every now and then you'll see a guy where like he like puts it on like third round. If you get a third round knockout, that's a little bit different. But if you're like putting someone down in the first round, it's things just happen. You bobbed instead of weave. Like someone did something wrong and someone else did something right. And like I like I always like fans and stuff like oh well, I'm like no dude. Every fight, if someone gets finished, someone did something wrong and the other person did something right at that same time, and that's fight. It's always interesting how sometimes it falls in the place. Do you ever get intuition where you just feel like it's going to happen? Yeah, I try to get that shit every fight, but it don't work. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, come on, baby. It's like being in a casino. Like, all right, yeah, exactly. yeah, it's going to come to me. It's going to come to me. And then all of a sudden, it, you're like, all right, that's, this is that's, it. Why, that's why you train and stuff. And that's why you train, you train, you try to train your body. But again, like it's still you. I mean, like how many? I mean, how many interviews have you guys done? God, like I had no idea that shit was gonna happen because you just couldn't. It just didn't line up the way you thought it was, and boom. And like you said, there's no, there's no second, third, and fourth quarter where you can be like, okay, let's correct this. You can't do that in fighting. You get clipped or something, fights over, boom. Like you know, like shit, fights over. You get caught in a submission, like shit, fights over. You know, you can't come back and recover. You can't recover. I mean, like, I guess you would say the quarters are like the rounds. You're getting hit and stuff. You're trying to figure it out, but it's a little bit different. Yeah, it's literally insane how quickly the fight can be over. I didn't realize that. I mean, it's one thing when you watch it on TV, but when you're seeing it in person, literally at a blink of an eye, you're like, wait, did that oh, yeah. You look down, you look up, and the person's gone. You're like, oh, shit. That's contact sports. Exactly. It's literally insane. So when that happens, you know, to someone like, your opponent or to you i'm sure it's a completely maybe it's a similar experience because you're like yeah that just happened oh yeah i mean when you lose you're like like it's and then your brain's recalculating like doing a million things at the same time trying to get it together and you know then when you win it's the same thing when i win i don't even know what the fuck happened i'm like oh shit what the hell did i do there and it's just all calculating up yeah so what happens when you win what's going through your mind then the same thing <laughs> Yeah, same thing. Yeah, same thing. Like, like you, like you don't really like when you knock someone out. You weren't. I was like, I've never got a knockout trying to get a knockout. I was always just throwing a punch, and then oh shit, they're gone. Oh, interesting. So sometimes you don't know it's going to happen. You're just no, no, not at all. You just like like submissions and stuff. Like you can kind of set stuff up, but you really bait people into them. You're like, oh shit, oh wait, he went there. Yeah, it's I got it, and then it's on. And you're like, I hit the sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. Like, like knockouts are just different. You gotta like, can't plan them. They just happen. 
Yeah, it's crazy when that happens. Like a TKO and, and it's done. There's no second, third round after. No. It's just done. All so over. do you normally try to go for a TKO or you you always just um, depends on the on the fight? I just try to fight and I normally just get TK. I mean, like I have like 10 or nine knockouts in my career. So I mean, like I, I, I just get TKOs. Again, but I don't force them. I just happen, they just happen to fall into place that way. So you happen to be pretty decent at it, then I see. Yeah, I got so. Yeah, I enjoy doing it. <laughs> so trying to say, don't make you upset. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so where do you think that comes from? Do you think it also comes from just having natural talent or the training that your coach puts you through? A little bit of both. I mean, like, like some people are grapplers and some people are, are strikers. I, that's just how it'll be like i mean like not everyone can knock people out i don't really have I don't, people say i hit hard i don't think i hit really hard my it's just, it's just i just hit right at the right time and my timing is really awkward i think timing is everything especially in these fights finding that opening or that right spot yeah i mean like because like everyone everyone can fight everyone you know i mean your grandma can throw a punch and knock me out but like being <laughs> properly lined up at the right time when they just dropped their hand when they just think they're safe then boom Playing the combination, that's that's the hard part. I don't know. Maybe if she had a bag of like quarters in her face, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she'd break her hand. Do you ever get and this because you want to talk about this here? You're a gym owner, you're also a fighter, you're a businessman here. Do you ever get envious of other fighters? And I, I bring up like Ottoman Azatar, a guy you lost to. You're in your third UFC fight. All he is right. a professional fighter. Doesn't have to worry about bills. Doesn't have to worry about businesses. Doesn't have to worry about a second job. He is a paid fighter. That's all he does. He just goes in, wakes up, he goes to sleep, he trains, he eats. That's it. You, on the other hand, are somebody who you got to worry about bills. You got to worry about the overhead. You got to worry about the gym. Our coach has been made. Does everybody have their medicals here? Hey, has everything been sterilized? I mean, how tough is it sometimes, you know, you're, you're worried about fighting, you're worried about wins and losses and all that. Then there's the gym, which is your baby, your nest egg, and you're going, okay, crap. I got, you know, 99 problems here, and fighting isn't even one of them. God damn it. Is it do you ever get overwhelmed and jealous of guys who can just not worry about anything except fighting, and you're worrying about everything and fighting? No, because they broke. <laughs> if you're only if you're only fighting you're not making money okay so okay let's put it this way okay Azatar Ottman has two UFC fights right yep if you're first fight in the UFC you make 12 and 12 right right so that's $24,000 yeah. $24, and that's before taxes before quarterman before your camp so you're probably left with about $14,000 so you like what can you do with $14,000 so if you're not if you're not working or doing like maybe maybe they have something else going on, but most fighters are always like no one's not working. You're always working. You always have shit to do. Like like um who is um the big tall dude Julian? He just fought. He's one fifty five or two. He said he had to sell some of his tarantulas because he needs to make ends meet. Like yeah, like you're always working. There's always stuff you have to do. You're doing personal training, doing this, doing stuff with sponsors because you try to make money. So my thing is just I just have a gym and stuff. So no. I don't like envy 
anyone. I mean, I want to get to the point where I can be like Dustin Poirier and stuff. The guys at the top level, they fight like once once a year because they make like, if you're making 250000 or 400000 then yeah, you can fight once a year. But anyone that's still in their first, second, or third contract, like if you're making like 25 and 25, like that's, I'm, that's where I'm at around there. And it's like, okay, so let's say I win. That's still $50,000 after taxes stuff. I still got to fight three times a year or four times a year just to be able to not have a job. And then it's like, okay, Diane, did I want to get a nice car? I got to pay car payments. So all that shit adds up. So you're, you're going to be working. But fighters that don't do anything else besides fight, they usually end up broke because that money isn't lasting. Like we have a short window of opportunity, then it's gone. Like, so what's your fallback? That's true. You have to be smart about what you do. So you have to be also business minded, which I'm not yeah, sure. We are a business. We don't, we yeah. own a business. Like I own an LLC, which is come on worthy LL, come on worthy, come on worthy MMA LLC. That's me as a person is an actual business. So like you have to treat it as so. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think it's smart to do that. I think that you guys should brand yourselves. I think that you should think business-wise because that's how you're going to be able to get more sponsorships and then start investing in a business and because you are business in yourself, especially these days where everything is also on social media. Oh, yeah. And I, and then sponsorships, like, you don't really get money for sponsorships unless you're, like, a really big fighter. Like, you get free shit. Like, I love my sponsors. I get all kind of free shit, like, equipment, yeah. all kind of stuff. But you don't be getting, like, oh, here's... Ooh. Like, some people have, like, when you have certain management connections, like, like certain prospects i'm like a 34 year old lightweight in ufc like you know motherfuckers ain't giving me fucking money like (laughs) i got i got sponsors that are taught in all kind of like physical therapy and all kind of stuff and uh like like um cbd products and equipment and mouth guards and diamond cups and shit but i'm like like you're like like you're not making money money unless you're a veteran and they can make money off your name or you have like something something different what do you think that something different would be? I don't know, man. I'll whip my cock out after my next fight and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, are you like that cyberpunk game? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't, I don't, I don't really like try to sell. I mean, like me personally, I fight in the UFC. Like I said, I turned 35 on the 15th of October, like eight days before my fight. So like, I'm, I, I, I'm here to do a, do a job and benefit and reap the rewards of my job that I do and stuff like that. I don't mean, everything else will come into play. Like, you know, like I have my gym, I have my family, I have like my students, all kind of stuff. Like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I know I'll get more sponsors as I continue on my, on my fight journey and stuff, but like, I'm not rushing to do all that shit. Cause then you're doing all that, you worry about all that and you're not fucking training. Cause you're here. Like, like how many hype trains, you know, are here today, gone tomorrow. So that's a good point. And you want longevity. Yeah, and not just in the fight game, just in 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 general, just understanding of of what I want to do. Like like this is just a small I probably have 3 to 4 years left to do this and I go on to do other stuff. Like I'm not just going to be I mean, I that might be one of the biggest moments of my career is I mean of my life is being known publicly as an MMA fighter. I'm going to do a whole bunch of shit after this. I just, you know, let things happen. So are you going to reveal some of those plans? <laughs> uh, yeah, I might go back to school to be an astronaut. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Y'all never fucking know. 
Oh, there you go. Oh, on a serious note, I mean, is there a party that looks and goes, I might retire soon just because I'm missing out on stuff. And I was, we, we've talked with people like Johnny Hendricks, who retired a while back, uh, Carlos Condon, who just retired, even yeah. Al Juban, Paul Felder. But all these, I mean, Paul Felder, like, yeah. I mean, I've, I've actually thought about that. Like, I have a three-year-old daughter. Yeah. I don't. I, I've been in Vegas now. I've been in Vegas right now for the past three, for the past three, four, like three weeks. I still have two weeks left. Um, my daughter's three. She's just starting to pick up things. So I'm missing stuff. So yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm, like I said, this this sport requires so much of you. I'm, and like I said, I've been doing it for a long time. The only reason I'm still pushing this hard is because I put my fucking dues in. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to reap something. Like, you know, I'm getting some money. Like, shit, I've put in, I've jacked my body up. I'm going to push this, push this point for as long as I can. But yeah, like, it, it sucks. Like, it sucks. It's This is a sucky job. It has little reward. And then, and then you have to go on social media and have some fat guy sit on his couch talking shit on you or some shit. Like, it sucks. <laughs> it's a rough job, man. Like, I never really understood what professional athletes had to go to. Like, I, I, I don't even say anything when I'm watching football or anything anymore. I just shut the fuck up. I'm like, because you don't know shit. So how do you deal with that mentally then when you have that, those derogatory comments? Oh, you I know it's probably that fat guy or yeah. whoever it might be who has never actually probably boxed a day in his life. I just sent him a picture of my butthole and tell him to kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Like, fuck you, man. I mean, I mean, I, I my, my, my fiance was like, she was telling me, like, you need to joke. I used to get into it. Now I'm getting to it. It's not, I, I talked to a couple people and they're like, dude, it's not real. Like, they're just going, that's just, that's what they do. And then it makes me think like, damn, that's sad. That's your life, though. Like all you do is look for people that have came up short somewhere, and then you like run them. I'm like, dude, if that's what you do for a living. Yes, but the thing is, that's so. There's so many people like that. There's so many. Like, in fact, I, I have a client of mine, and she works in television. I'm trying to get a show. Like, she, we're dead serious. She's trying to work on us. It's called to catch a troll. And what we're going to do is it's just like when people are calling people out for anything, whether it's like football coaching, people who want to be like, they think they could be the mayor or anything. Cause like people write anything online now, right? I can do this job better. So my thing is we're going to run up on people and see if they want to do it. So you might be watching this on VH1 or some shit soon. <laughs> I got to talk about one of your, as you call them, the kids. And that's John DeJesus. Uh, we had him on a while back. Congratulations once again. He has a bell for a contract. Yes. That's somebody that you've nurtured, trained. He's grown up in your gym. Nah, I know it's don't not say that. Don't, don't say that because John will try to kill me. I didn't nurture John. Like, John's a teammate. Like, I gave him little <laughs> pointers and stuff, but John, like, the coaches did that. Like, he put that stuff. I, I wouldn't say I nurtured him. You know what I mean? Like, we're just kind of bounced. We bounce. I mean, I still, I still shit from John all the time. But, I mean, you've worked with him. You've helped him out. So what is that like for you where it's like, okay, there's success now coming out of a gym. It's not just me. I helped another guy get his dream. I helped another guy, you know, get a contract with a major promotion. And, you know, the, the, it helps build a gym. All of a sudden people go, oh, we can go to this gym. They have, you know, their shit together. Hey, they develop fighters. Hey, this kind of worthy guy knows what he's doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and that the thing is, like, I don't, 
I mean, I coach a little bit, but that's the thing. People are always like, oh, I'm like, I don't coach. I teach like the kids class. I teach like the kickboxing class. And like, I kind of work with some of the, the amateur fires and some of the pro fires and stuff. But we, I have coaches that run, that run the program. I have my, um, my head coach, um, Dan, and my um, head MMA coach, um, Dave Sachs, and then my kickboxing coach, Chris Quinn, they run the program. So, I mean, but it is good to have someone like be successful but out from the gym besides me, like we have, we have a lot of up and coming fires as well and stuff. So, but it just takes time. You know I mean? How long did it take me to get to where I was? It was like, like 12 fucking years. So that's, that's time. Like, and people don't like, like you'll look at a team like alpha male. You know how long alpha male has been existing? <laughs> like people are like, Oh yeah. It's like, 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 you, like alpha male used to be like Uriah Faber. Like I think master tongue, like three other guys and shit. You know what I mean? Like it took, a long time, or even even Winkle John, it took a long time. Right, I, I'm uh, I, I'm do group it long time to get to. So I'm not in any rush. I've owned my gym for freaking three years now. The first year I owned it, I had a major flood, wiped the gym out. I fixed it back up. Come back, I get to the USC. Year comes around, fucking COVID happens. So I'm ahead of the game right <laughs> now. That's why I'm taking it. Yeah, I think being ahead of the game these days is far more than a lot of people. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't perspective like seriously. Perspective is everything. Like I'm not, I'm not overthinking or or lusting for more. Don't get me wrong. I'm always trying to progress and get to a certain point that I want. But I also am very grateful for the places that, I, like I said, I got the way I got to the UFC was off the hair of my chinny chin chin. I mean, I worked my ass off, but it was very, very just circumstantial. You know what I mean? But I, t- I took the most, I showed up when I needed to and stuff. So every everything, all these fights I'm getting in the UFC are all a bonus. Like I'm fucking Super Mario Bro life up right now. I'm just running around the game, stomping on shit. So everything here is all, all one up. Yeah, I love that though, because what I am always admiring about you guys is that nothing is really ever handed to you and you guys always have tremendous discipline because you have to <laughs> right which compared to and i don't care if i offend people to today's society and a lot of youth or maybe people in general they don't have that they want something for nothing yeah, it's fast food nation. i think exactly and i think that's something that's a, a very admirable quality you know in your particular industry and i i really rather enjoy it not only the talent but that you guys have to work at it you guys yeah, have I mean, to like, your ass everyone, is off everyone i mean like i mean i guess that's for every job that's kind of like that but especially for sports and especially for fighting because people will admit that they can't play d1 football right but every mm-hmm. motherfucker you ever met, to, I'm like a motherfucker clean out, right? <laughs> that's, the, mm-hmm. that's the sexy part, right? People will never be like, oh, I'll go play basketball with Michael Jordan. No, but they'll be like, oh, I'll knock my Tyson fuck out. I bet you I would. Like, that's just how, that's just the mentality of the world in general. So for fighters, like, to just remind, like, to remind people, like, no, this shit takes a lot. Like, like he was saying, like, like sacrifices. Yeah, I sacrifice a lot, man. I don't want to be doing this shit. so what other sacrifice do you think that you've made it's always interesting to hear 
My fucking body, my body fucking hurts. I'm 35, I'm about to be 35. I don't think people realize that. They just think that you're somehow like invincible or I think they just watch you on TV and they don't realize what you actually They all make fun of me. They call me old man and shit. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking old. Fucking falling apart. Like, I mean, like that's another reason why I got, I mean, I mean, I know I'm sacrificing my brain to a certain degree. That's why I know like when it's time to pull out, it's time to pull out. Like, like, you know, I'm sacrificing. Like I have bad hips, bad, I'm going to have arthritis arthritis all kinds of shit i already know that i mean like most old people have arthritis and stuff like that in general but my shit's gonna be severe because you know we've we've pushed our body to the limit like that's and i i, I understand the, the payoff you know I, mean, I understand the sacrifices but i don't think people do it sucks like athletes are the only people as we get older our value goes down if you're a lawyer, you get older, your value goes up. You're like the old fucking rock stars be out there on stage, 60 fucking seven, mumbling the same songs from 40 years ago, people screaming and shit, they making millions of dollars. Athletes, on the other hand, as we get like people, like people don't know who the fuck Patrick Ewan is. I know who Patrick Ewan is, but Patrick Ewan is big ass, seven foot three ass, walk into somebody, he look like some old, big, tall, tall guy, right? He's, 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 he's obsolete, he's no longer existing because as, as an athlete, it's only, it's the what can you do for me now sport. And it sucks because we have to sacrifice so much and then in the blink of an eye, it's all gone. But it's a trade-off. So last question before we let you go because we're almost yep. out of time here. Why the, why the hell do you do this? If the sport pays crap, you have people who think they can do this. It's not like football where I can go, oh, yeah, I can walk out here and play, you know, play with the L.A. Rams. I understand that I can kill. Or Costco, yeah, I can play with the WNBA. No, she's five foot five and six foot two people. No, that won't work. But everybody thinks they can do your job. You have, you know you might suffer from CTE. You know that your body aches. You have a boss, Dana White, sometimes who will talk shit about how bad you are on TV. You have reporters here who bitch about maybe your political beliefs. What? You, everything in your body hurts at times. What is it about this? You still go, I can't get rid of it. It's like my mistress. I need this. It's in the friggin' DNA. I tried to leave. And yet they just, this MMA thing keeps pulling me back, going, No, you need more. I mean, it's, it's how you feel. You feel alive. Like it, you, it makes you feel like if I, if I didn't, I'm a, I'm a martial artist. I'm not, I don't just like MMA. I just do MMA, but I'm a martial artist. I will be a martial artist to the day I die. I don't want to, like people don't, people get that confused. I don't like money. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to make money, but I don't, I don't want to consume things. And I don't want to be on Wall Street chase, chasing down fucking money. Jesus Christ. No, like I don't fucking want a gold toilet to take a shit on. No, thank you. Like I want to be comfortable and be able to do shit. Maybe get one or two exotic cars. That's about it. Like I don't, I don't even buy jewelry. I don't buy designer clothes or shit. I wear all, it's hilarious because all I wear is my free shit from the UFC. I'm a real basic type of dude, but I'm a martial artist. I enjoy martial arts. Arts. And right now, the like the highest peak to do martial arts is to do MMA, and like I can actually make money and take care of my family and do all kind of stuff and get benefits and all kinds of things just from doing this. So it it sucks, but I would be a more I was a martial artist before I was in the UFC. I, I was sacrificing everything before I was in the UFC, and that's that's the big thing. If you're doing it for the money, then like you know, I would been a fucking lawyer. <laughs> and change it. But I'm not doing it for that. I do it because I'm a I'm a lifelong martial artist. I enjoy, breathe, 
sleep and eat martial arts. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we are proud to have on the show. I give you it is none other than, once again, than Kama Worthy, who will be fighting it to be on October 23rd, UFC Fight Night. Uh, Kama, before we let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the June Yo, website? My, where can fans contact you at? My Twitter page has been shut down for like a month and a half now because I don't know, like Twitter blocked me out and I keep emailing them. They keep saying they're trying to fix the problem. So I don't know what the hell is up my Twitter. I don't really, like I said, I don't really mess with Twitter too much. But my Instagram, the Death Star underscore one, you can go ahead and check me out. I respond to fans. You say some ignorant shit, I'm gonna say some ignorant shit right back at you. <laughs> you know, you wanna talk about stuff? I'll respond to messages and stuff, whatever, whatever. When you come on and say ignorant shit, I'm that guy that says ignorant shit right back to you. You can follow me there. Uh, don't buy, don't even do Facebook because I don't even. Facebook is drama and shit, so you can follow me, but I ain't going to um, get your friend request back. But Instagram, you go and hit up there. I interact. I go live on Instagram, watch fights. I sit there with my daughter. We bullshit and watch fights and stuff. I do all kind of stuff, questions and stuff, so just check it out. Do um, all, all kind of stuff, charity stuff, all kind of stuff. So you want to hit me up? Instagram's the best way to get a hold of me. Death Star underscore one. Well, that's awesome. Once again, we are it's always our pleasure to have on the show. We come back. We got a lot more going on here. Only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol. Only on Blue Wire Hustle Network. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And joining me here online, well, it's going to be Cyborg versus Sinead Kavanaugh, the main event. Co-main event, though, it's going to be, well, they're bringing in the beef, as they say. It's the big boys the that play. Tyrell <laughs> Fortune is going to be uh, taking on this man who can, hopes to continue his winning ways and get a title shot. I give you once again, all the way from Sanford MMA, I give you it is... A swarm himself. I give you Linton Vassal. Uh, Linton, I'll start off here. It's once again, it's you, Tyrell Fortune. Yes, another wrestler. Oh, goody gum drops. Uh, how much do you sort of hate this in a sense? Yes, you know, he comes forward, but he's one of those, you know, wrestlers who uh, looks and goes, Yes, we're going to take you down. You're like, Oh, crap. I hate these motherfuckers. I, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good with the matchup. I really don't care. I'm, I'm a grappler myself that's what a lot of people don't actually realize or i don't know um maybe just think you know i just have a lucky day or something but I'm, I'm happy on the ground to go with him he's a wrestler yes but we're not wrestling you know we're we're fighting so i feel like a little bit different um when um you know it's not straight wrestling and it's and it's mma you know it's a total, total different game 
Is it easier also because this isn't Phil Davis who used a lot of speed? It's not Moldovsky who's very, you know, just constant, constant, literally just pressure. It's a guy who he'll still plant his feet because he likes to throw shots. So is it easier having yeah. a guy who you can go, he's going to make a mistake? He did it against Tim Johnson. I can capitalize on it if he just plants his feet. Of course, of course. Um, it's so much nicer not going with the light heavyweights. You know, obviously, I'm a big, big guy, cutting that much weight. Their speed was, you know, um, I couldn't handle it, should I say, really, to be honest. So, yeah, it's going to be nice to actually, you know, fight another heavyweight. Um, and, yeah, again, he, he plants his feet. He goes for the shots. He throws heavy shots. You know what I mean? He's a game, game fighter, man. Like, I'm actually friends with Tyrell, but... It's got to happen, mate, you know. Um, it's that time. You know, he's number four, I'm number five. It's business. How weird is that sometimes, fighting a guy who's a friend? Because you guys know each other. So you know your moves. You know what he – he knows what you want to do. You know what he wants to do. So is it weird trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to, you know, set a trap? How am I going to do something so I can throw him off enough that I can, you know, do what I want to do when he knows exactly what I want to do? Again, it's a game of chess. So even if he knows what I'm going to do or vice versa, I have to set something else up to make him think I'm going to do something else or do something else. Um, so, yeah, I always think it's a, it's a game of chess. And, you know, we're both going in there to, you know, obviously stop the other. So, you know, um, my moves um, are going to be, I'm going to be top topper, should I say, top topper. We'll go back to this fight in a bit. Take me back to your last what's supposed to be your last fight. You were scheduled to fight July. You're off yeah. side. You're taking on Marcelo Goma. What happened? Was it injury on your part? Was it yeah. on his part? What what happened I, here? I hurt my back and it was no normal back injury where a couple of days you're back, mate. I had like the worst sciatica pain, bro. I was down and out for three weeks. Um, so it wasn't like I actually thought, you know, a couple of days I should be back, maybe even a week, because I still had another uh, three weeks, I think, when I actually injured myself. So I was thinking, you know, take a week off and actually get better, but that weren't the case. I was down and out. Seriously. I've never, I've never been injured for that long. Um, so yeah, I, I, I was the one who got injured. How did it happen? I mean. Did it do, was it like rolling around? Was it bending? Was it just twisting someone? Like, when did you realize, like, oh crap? Yeah, it's it, 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 good. I did something here. I don't know what I did, but yeah, I really did something. Yeah, I was at strength and conditioning and I turned like quick. Obviously, um, I probably wasn't as warm as I thought I was. And yeah, man, oof, I went down. How frustrating is it when it's something like that where it's just, as you said, it's not, you know, like you're doing anything that you look and go, well, I shouldn't have done that. It's just something like I turned, I bent. You know, I went back and next thing I was like, oh, oh crap, uh-oh. Yeah. It, it really was like, are you kidding me? Like, I get kicked, punched, whatever, you know, all day long, but this is what hurt me. So, yeah, it is frustrating when, you know, and I, and I felt great. I really did. I was ready to fight. Um, and then when that happens, yeah, it's, it's definitely frustrating but we're here now so obviously july seems so long ago now but yeah we're here now i guess that wasn't the fight 
you know, to, to, to make, I guess it was this fight. That's the way I sort of see things when, when something happens like that. I'm guessing you tried to, you know, power through it. So at first week, like, okay, fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. I'll get yeah. back the next day, it's gonna be healthy. Like, when did you realize, like, yeah, I gotta call the fight off? Like, when did it, when did it really sink in, like, yeah, this, this ain't going away soon. It's just gonna be something I gotta call the fight off because I need help. I need, like, you know, a doctor to look at this. Yeah. So pretty much after a full week, and I was like, I got worse. And the thing, I, the reason why I got worse, was because I was obviously stretching and doing that kind of stuff, but I was using like the Theragun on it as well. I, I think that didn't help, you know, um, and it probably aggravated it more, the nerve. So yeah, after a good solid week, you know, when I wasn't getting any better and I said I got a little bit worse, it was like, yeah, I, I cannot take this fight injured the way I was, but I couldn't even train. Like I really took three weeks off, like, Nothing, just getting rehab, 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 and recovery. Just pretty much every day I was doing some kind of um, recovery. The, the you know, the question always after an injury like that is mentally how to get over it. Because you're, you know, after after those first three weeks, you're going, okay, I'm fine. And it's like, what happens if it's happened? What happens if it happens again? Like, what happens if you know I bend this way or I'm rolling around <laughs> or doing a forward roll? It's gonna, am I gonna this? Is it gonna come back? Am I, you know, is it yeah. gonna be? A recurring thing because we've seen like it's not like a broken bone where it's like okay this you know x amount of weeks and you're fine or you yeah. have surgery on like a tendon x amount of weeks you're fine yeah. back injuries those are things that linger so for you how how much were you worried like oh crap this might be the start of something maybe like maybe two days and that was it no lie two days and that was it i was worried for two days because i don't want to turn i don't want to do that and once i was able to turn and still do my moves again the force just left my head i don't even think about it if you're just tuning in once again we got it is none other than lynn vasella here on the show we're talking all things of course marcelo gome we're talking this fight coming up with tyrell fortune all this is going on as we are getting ready for this fight coming up it's november 12th all the way in miami florida of all places how much do you think that gives you an advantage in that for the first time ever, no flights, no travel itinerary, you don't have to get in a, in a jet and, you know, big guys on jets, it's never fun. You know, you have to watch what you eat and all that. You get to space, okay, got to travel. Kids, let's get uh, in the car, we're driving, woo! I, How much do you enjoy, like, not having, like, the flights and all that crap? I love it. I love it. To not actually travel for once, for and it's been so long since I haven't traveled. I, I miss it and I appreciate it so much. So yeah. Um I wouldn't say it's it's a, a big advantage, but it's just nice to not have to oh I've got to travel now. Home comforts, you know, here and um the venue's only like 30 minutes away from me. So, you know, whenever I do have to leave, it's not gonna be a, a, a long journey. But well, you say that, but how much do you, you know? Is it you feel that you do have a small advantage just because you get to sleep well, in your own bed? You get, you know, and nothing is you know nothing is being sort of you know interrupted. You can get to do, you basically can train from week one to week yeah the last week and not have to do this, you know change anything up. Exactly, not like oh I got to, got to fly Monday, so I can't do this. I have got to do that. Yeah, everything's here at home, so you know. 
Um, no, no stress at all. Just focus on training. That's it. All this is happening here, as you mentioned, and we be, I see you keep a lot of people keep forgetting you're not American. You're not a British fighter. So how tough is it for you? How tough was it for you not be on the British card? Because I'm guessing you called probably Scott Google Scott. Look, get me on the British card. Get me with well, get me with Lima and uh, you know well, and MVP. I want to be. I want to go home. I want to go home. God damn it. Yeah, I really did want to go home, but the timing didn't work. Um, the reason was because I actually I'm moving um at the end of the month well i'm at move i'm moving tomorrow actually but my lease ends at the end of the month so i couldn't have gone to england while i had to look for a place if you know what i'm saying so it, it was just the way it worked I, I, if i didn't if i was gonna renew the release the lease i would have i would have fought in, in england it was just the timing um so that, that's the reason why that happened so I wasn't too stressed, you know. It was it was my fault, not my fault, but it was my problem, rather than Bellator not putting me on the card. Was there ever a thought of going with Dublin card, or was that the same thing? You still was enough time, you know. You still wanted you wanted the extra week. Yeah, it really was. I couldn't, I couldn't be in England getting ready for a fight, and then knowing that when I get back to America, I'm gonna have to look for a house quickly, you know. So. I, I didn't want the stress either of traveling all over there and then not getting to see everybody to travel back. It, it didn't make, it really didn't make no sense. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just um, bad timing. How tough is, is it for you though? Cause we keep, we, we mentioned this a lot of fighters who are retiring. It's like, they start saying, saying things like, I want to see my kids again. I want to see family. I want, I want to, you know, literally have time with family here. You've put all that on hold to fight. You've, Move, you know, you moved all the way from the UK to the United States. You're tra- yeah. and, and, and I get it. You're in Sanford, MA. You have friends there. But how tough is it sometimes just knowing that, hey, I missed a cousin's birthday party or a sibling uh, or parents? Because I can't get away. I can't just, you know, go on a jet yeah. and go, wee. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is frustrating. But they understand, obviously. I've, I've sort of got over it now. I've been doing it for a long time. So it's one of those things now where it, it happens. But. When I do go back, I'll go see all my family. So I will be going back after the fight and I'll probably spend a good two months there as well. So I get to see everybody because it's been a year since I've been home. I know you're focusing on this fight. How much are you looking at the other fights? Though? I mean, as we said, it's going to be coming up in Russia later this week, on the 16th, it's going to be, or sorry, the 23rd. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be uh, Valentin Moldovsky, you know, defending his title. You'll have, of course, interim title. You'll have. Oh, who's he fighting? I didn't realize. I didn't see that. You'll have you have another big Russian coming up in uh, Volkan. You know, in. I mean, I'm looking here for Russian car, but you start at one point. You start looking at like, okay. I got to start getting ready for the guys. Above me, you know, you know, as you said, you're number oh, five, uh, you're all four, number I, four. I really, I watch them, but I always, I'm, I'm focused on the, the person fighting right now. Can't be focused on people that you're not going to be fighting yet. You know, you got to deal with who you got first. Yeah, I can watch them, study them, but I'm not like, oh, beat Tyrell, then I got this guy next. You know, it's you're not looking at going, okay, I beat Tyrell, then I get, you know, Tally Minikov, or I got. Ryan oh, Bader, if he decides to join in, or yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if 
it actually worked like that. But I don't know if you, you haven't, haven't fought in a year and, you know, like, okay, I did get injured, but I could have fought before July. So it's not, not in my hands who I get to choose to fight, if, if you know what I'm saying. Winning fights doesn't seem like it's, it's my choice who I get to fight. So Tyra first, and then it's pretty much who Bellator put me, who matched me up with next more than, oh, I want to fight this guy next. Yeah, I want to fight the, the, the champion, but, you know, again, it's, it's not really down to me. It all comes back down, as you mentioned before, it's going to be November 12th. It's going to be you versus Tyrell Fortune. As I said before, it's, he, it's meat, he's a meat potatoes guy. It's double leg takedowns. It's power shots. He's, there's nothing fancy about him. He just he knows what he, had, what he is. He's very good yeah. at it. When we've seen him before, he's, you know, he's like a locomotive, you know, gone wild. You can't stop it. So for you, how much do you spend time on just setting stuff up so that he can't just go, okay, one, two, one, two. Next thing you know, you're in a wrestling contest or you're against a cage and he's just mauling yeah. me. How much are you working at, okay, throwing something new at him? Oh, well, every day I like to think I'm, I'm getting better doing new stuff or working on stuff that I've been working on. So it's, it's an everyday grind, to be honest. It's not just like, oh, today I'll do this, today I'll do that, just for him. It's, I have to go out and fighting, so every day is there's something I'm drilling and drilling again or just continuing working on what I already worked on. So that's an every, every, everyday struggle, mate, everyday hustle. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I give you, it is all the way from Sanford MA, and he'll be fighting in his hometown, or adopted hometown on November 12th. I give you, it is the Swarm himself. I give you Lytton Vassal. Uh, Lytton, before I let you go, where can fans yep. check you out? Where is the Instagram page, the website, yep. and who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. That's LDV underscore the Swarm. And then my sponsors, Apex, Cold-Blooded Reptiles, Parker Beaumont, Self Sportswear, and Hayabusa. Linton Vassal, ladies and gentlemen, once again, always a pleasure to have it on the show. We come back. We got a lot more going on here, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.
Welcome back, everyone, to its last call. Last call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And I want to thank my two wonderful guests. Earlier, you heard from, of course, Kama Worthy. Always a delight talking with him. And me and Koska got to find out what's going on with him, his upcoming fight. Uh, I'm glad to hear about, you know, what goes on in his, in his world, the good, the bad, sometimes the ugly, because we don't hear about that a lot from fighters. I also want to thank Lynn Vassell for joining the show. So he'll be getting ready for his Bellator fight, 271 in Miami, Florida. And you can tell he's just excited to you know, be fighting in front of a lot of his friends, uh, some family out there in Florida, and just not have to take long flights and trips, because that does wear on, guys. Let's start off here with the weekend, though. It's going to be what it was, uh, the good, the bad, the ugly. I'm going to start off with the ugly part. That was... Sandor Martin beating Mikey Garcia. And you if somebody had told me that before that fight happened, I would have actually asked you, what you know, would you stop pulling my leg? Stop, you know, you know, stop, you know, using the paint thinner. You know, are you on drugs? Are you part of his family? Yeah, I didn't see that coming. Nobody saw that coming. Because you figure Mikey Garcia was gonna break him down. He was going to use his power shots. And just do what he's done for most of his career, and that's beat, beat up, you know, take away their strengths, and then just end, you know, knocking them out. And wow, he just he looked awful. And a part of me understands that with the long layoff, I think we forgot he did, last time he fought was in February of 2020, and that's a long time to go without fighting because you. Yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. You can train, you're, you know, you're working out, you're in the gym. But it's not the same as a live fight. You're not, you know, getting reps. You're not getting the best. You're just sort of going through the motions when you're at the gym and losing weight and trying to keep in shape. And I think part of it, I, part of it I blame on basically having the move to Eddie Hearn, which is, yeah, I get it. Short money was great. It was Jesse Vargas, $6 million. Hey, that, that's a that's great payday. But I never understood, like, sort of, what was the end, the end goal here? Because Eddie Hearn didn't have anybody at 147, except maybe Kel Brook, and that's not a great fight. He didn't have anybody at... 140 even. You know, Devin Haney's at 135. And I never saw Devin Haney as somebody looking and go, wow, that's, that's a great fight. That's a, that's, a, that's a major money fight. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I feel bad for Mikey in a sense because it was a, a great financial deal for him. But it was just, it was bad business. It was taking a fight which you just one, you, you should have taken something like that earlier. You should have been, you know, I, I would have advised, I would have advised Michael, hey, look, you got to start fighting around like last December. Just get something. I don't care if it's a tune-up fight. But he didn't do that. And so then you got into, well, where, you know, what, what happens now? And it's he got stuck. And part of the problem is as as. People pointed out, when he, you know, he was rusty. And 
he probably took it very, you know, not as seriously. You know, he, he probably as serious as he can, but he, you know, I'm guessing him and his team went, okay, we can beat this guy. We're not worried about the long layoff. And that cost him. It bit him in the ass. And so now he, it's going to be tough for him to come back because he's with Eddie. The PBC, you know, is gone. Top rank is gone. So where is he going to get the big fights? Where is he going to do here going forward? It's going to be something to look forward to. Uh, the good part was you saw some great light heavyweight fights in Bellator MMA. And that was Corey Anderson and Vadim Nemkov. Credit to Corey Anderson. He said, hey, I'm, he called his shot. He said, hey, look, I am going to knock this guy out. I am going to you know, beat up Ryan Bader. And he did that. And you've got to credit him. Look, he did what, you know, was it pretty? No. Was it effective? Yes, in terms of a trash talk. What was pretty, though, was the way he just went out there and destroyed Brian Bader. And now he's taking on Vadim Nemkov, who once again just proved, you know, against a very game and very tough. Julius Anglicus said there is nobody who can match him. He just blends in kicks, movement, takedowns. He is devastating from the top. He can work submissions. It's going to take a special kind of fighter to beat him. And as I said, it was great here. The bad part was about this weekend was that was Aspen Lad's coach. And I, 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 try, I try to wrap my head around this here with fight fans, with people who say, oh, well, he should apologize. Um, he's been mean. This is a fight game. I mean, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand what you people think coaches do here. Like, okay, was he? Did he curse? Yeah, he did. I mean, uh, but this is the way it is. And I'm looking between, looking at that, and I'm trying. It's, it's staggering because you look and you go, okay, well. Manuel Stewart used to curse fight hours out if he, they needed it. You had recently Barry Hunter, you know, just cursing out French Chandrews because she needed it. Sometimes fighters need, you know, kicking the ass. It's, they've even said that before. And it's almost like, you know, we, we want everything to be very civil. We want everything to be nice. And that's not how this sport is. And sometimes you need to, you know, and I, I get why Misha Tate's saying this, because Misha is somebody who came from a very, you know, co bunch of coaches who were very, I'd say, friendly tone. They never, they never, you know, did that. They never cursed at her. They never, you know, yelled at her. That's not every fighter. It's also not a lot of coaches. I've had coaches who sometimes they will tell you, get your head out of your ass. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. That's how it is. And as much as like Misha Tate, I think she was over to, I think she crossed the line. You don't know Aspen Lad. You don't you're not in her camp. And that's sometimes I think a lot of people have to sometimes realize this is not. You know, one size fits all. You know, not every approach does not work. Sometimes you have to have a drill sergeant. Sometimes you have to have somebody, you know, literally go, 
what the hell are you doing here? But, well, as I said, what do I know? Maybe I'm not Misha Tate, but as I do disagree with her, I do disagree with a lot of you people here. This is how coaching is. Sometimes you need to have a coach who literally will just sit and look and say to you, you're blowing it. you got to do something here. You, they, there needs to be a kick in the ass because we don't get that kick in the ass. Sometimes it is what it is. Anyway, we got to wrap this up. So once again, for Linton Vassell, for Kaska Akashova, and for Combo Worthy, this is Chris Connor saying I'm out of here. Stay tuned for more great action coming up once again only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. <laughs>